Before we begin today's conversation, I want to acknowledge that it's being recorded on stolen Wadawurrung country from the Wadawurrung people. I pay my respects to elders past, present and emerging. A big hello to you and welcome to Create Your Life with me, Tessa Lloyd. Here we'll be having conversations about consciously creating your life to live with intention, authenticity and bravery. This is the quiet place that you can come to in this busy world for support to navigate your mind, heart, body and soul. So grab yourself a cuppa and get comfy because we've got some things to talk about. Let's do this. Hello, my beautiful, beautiful listeners. It no longer feels like I am calling out to no one. Because after two seasons, there have just been so many wonderful times where I've been able to hear the um, impact that a conversation you've heard on this podcast has had. I've met people who have listened to the podcast. I've received messages. And when I hop on a podcast now, I'm talking to you. I see the faces. I know the voices. I know the names. And that feels really special. So, hey, my loves. Thank you for being here again. We are at season three. I am like two years older than I was when I started the podcast. So that feels pretty special. Um, I feel like I've, I've been able to grow up while I host this podcast. I feel like so much has changed in the most beautiful way. But the thing that has remained the same is that I want to bring to you conversations that focus on authenticity, bravery and intention. That has never changed and I want to continue to create a space where we have big conversations, have uncomfortable conversations and grow together. So I just want to thank you for being here again and yeah, let's go season three. (laughs) For our first episode today, I have a very special guest. Um, I haven't had her on yet, which is, is pretty phenomenal because she's such a dear friend of mine and, and interviewing her actually came to a dream in, um, the middle of the night. I remember waking up and realizing that I'd had a dream that I interviewed this beautiful woman. Um, and the next day I was like, well, fuck, I better interview her. It's time. Um, But I'm really happy that I've been able to do this interview from the place that I'm in at the moment. I want to introduce to you my beautiful friend, Julia Hogarth, who is a mentor, a coach, a meditation teacher, a former librarian and team leader, and just a dear, dear human, a light in a lot of our lives, which I will begin to explore with you when we begin talking. But not only that, a change maker and someone who is willing to be vulnerable and uncomfortable and learn and grow and advocate for those who need it. So it's my absolute pleasure to welcome Jules on today. And I hope you guys enjoy this episode. 
Hey, my darling humans who are tuning into this first episode of season three and hello to my darling Jules. She is the light of my life and a lot of other people's lives and she is someone who has been on many different journeys in my life with me the business journey and the life journey and the love journey and the trauma journey and I think it's a pretty cool place to be able to come and have a conversation from Um, and I was saying to Jules before we hopped on the call I mean a few days ago now but it does just feel like a conversation that we would normally have And sometimes we get into a conversation and we're like, fuck, we should be recording this. This shit's good. Um, Today we're going to be having a chat about the, I guess, the highs and lows. It's sort of becoming clear to me now that it's going to be about the highs and lows, but it's five things that we have learned since quitting our day job. Um, And I just, I want to welcome you here, Jules. Thank you for being here today. It is wildly beautiful to be here. That's the greatest introduction of a podcast anyone's ever done for me. (laughs) Thank you. That's a beautiful thing to say. I feel like I can't do you justice and can't do the connection we have justice with my words. Mm. It's so beautiful to be here because, as you know, I just believe in you so much and you know, I'm a Libra, so I fall in love a lot, but I've just, I fall in love with Tessa every time we're together. And so it's kind of nice to be here, T. And as you say, we have, every single time we're together, we have conversations where one or both of us are like, oh, having an aha moment or um, another drop in of something that we really needed. So it's really special to be yeah. having this online, this conversation today. And many a heartbreak, I feel. <laughs> many yeah. a heartbreak that we yeah. have come together. And what we love to do is, I think, speak from the heart each time, it, very quickly, any wall that we've built up over the past few weeks before um, we've spoken quickly dissolves, which mm. I would love to see a little more where you go straight, you plug straight into someone's heart when you're talking rather than mm. slowly pushing through those layers, um, mm. which makes me really excited for our conversation today. So mm. Jules and I both quit our day jobs around the same time I'm fairly sure I feel like you may have been a little earlier because I remember you being in the position to say to me like T what actually is the story behind you quitting your job and Mm -hmm. I remember realizing that I hadn't really talked about it much Mm -hmm. before or told that story so I think they were at fairly similar times though Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. And I'm hoping that you can talk us through a little bit of the lead up to that. And then we'll get into some big juicy things that we've learned from the world and from life and from ourselves since we mm. quit our day job. Mm. I think it was, I think I was like a heartbeat before you. And I remember, um, do you remember when you came to my meditation circle and it was, was it the last day of your old job or the last week? Yeah. And, and this is actually a testament to the way that you operate in the world. You were shattered. Mm -hmm. Like you were your whole body 
and mind and spirit was just shattered and you came up dressed the way you felt with this black hoodie on with the hood up with the with the hood up like it was just you just, and your whole face was just like on yeah and and tired and exhausted from like living this life that wasn't aligned anymore mm-hmm. but you still showed up to that space and it would have been extremely hard to have shown up in the way that you showed up and I remember you at the end just being like oh I needed that and I was just so proud of you in that moment because I remember when I quit my job and how physically it was manifesting Mm. and I was so proud of you in that moment I remember you saying that too and that was pivotal for me hearing someone who had been through that quite soon before Mm. um saying like oh I remember that and don't Mm. worry it gets better like this Mm. is the bottom before (laughs) the the increase in the life that you let in and I also remember thinking and we have these moments where when you're at a bottom it's like you soak things in so much more like Mm. the the affirmation card that I was given at that workshop at that Medi with you was so important for me. It said little by little, mm. where there's other ones, I'm just like, all right, this was manufactured in a factory. Cool, cool, cool. But with yours, it was like, you are so vulnerable that you let things in a little more. And that, mm. that time with you and with Lori Filand, it was, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. That was just, just beautiful. Oh, yes. We had Lori with her guitar and her heavenly voice. Oh. Yes. What a medicine. Forgot about that. It was medicine. But yeah, that was back in 2019 now. Mm. 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 So I had quit my job and just a little, just to rewind a little bit, my first, my former life, my first career ever was a, as a librarian. And I loved that job for so long. I worked in two local councils. It was a 10, I was in that job for 10 years and I, at the stage that I quit, I was um, leading a team of six librarians and it was just such a beautiful job. I was working for the city of Melbourne, which was just literally in terms of what my parents had hoped for me. I had reached like the job that they were happy with. It had the safety, it had the security. It was with a well-known council. It was like, you know, making a difference on the ground. Like literally I was working in the library, public library every day. So 10 years of that career, served me for 10 years I loved it I loved it felt really grassroots like literally being in contact with the public who truly needed that service every day and um, then one day I remember it started not being the place that I wanted to be and I was in denial for a long time and I started feeling being in that bureaucratic system as not aligned and again I kind of buried my head in the sand I was like but I love this job and it's I've worked so hard I remember setting a goal for myself to be a manager before I was 30 and I did that and it was just the job that I had hoped for and wished for and planned for and you know manifested and Mm. I remember when it started to become heavy on my shoulders I was like oh I feel that and also I'm going to turn away from it. It was, I was in denial for a long time, but it turned out that I am an extremely intuitive and um, sensitive person. I feel things through my body. I get my energy from being lit up by the work that I'm doing. So of course 
I started to get sick more often. I started to uh, basically become less enthused and excited by what what I was doing. And I, at some point I knew that I wasn't doing anybody justice. I wasn't doing the people that I was serving any justice. I wasn't doing my team any justice. I wanted them to have a leader that was fully there for them. Mm. And that wasn't me anymore. And yeah, it's a, there's some ins and outs, but I had a month, I think of long service leave. And I was like, maybe I should try this meditation teaching thing just for the month that I'm off work. And then I felt the difference. So for me, viscerally feeling the difference between what that job was and moving more into alignment was huge. And I needed that month to actually feel that through my body before I was like, oh, and then the penny kind of started dropping and I was like, okay, people around me are getting more from me here and my son and my husband And so it allowed me to start to bring to life a different reality. I love that it allowed you to start a new reality, create a new reality. And I love that you've said that because it's always possible, Mm. especially for privileged white women like us. We have a lot of opportunities to create a new reality. Yeah. Yeah, and and age age doesn't come into that. Experiences rarely come into that, and I feel like our minds can create a lot of reasons. And I imagine with the fear and the change coming up, that your mind, like my mind, just made so many reasons why it shouldn't be done or it couldn't be done. Um, and sometimes they are very realistic. Um, safety reasons for people but for women like us we're in we're in a position to to change weren't we yeah and I actually look back now and think about the impact that I have now had through being in my own business and that would never have come about if I had stayed in the fear and in and just wallowed in that pool of conditioning that I had had up until that point you know the fear that was like well no no job is gonna be have better conditions than this this is Mm. safety and security and maternity leave and all the things that come with the corporate job you know um and I think that's a really important thing to Note, because I don't know if you hear this a bit, Jules, but a lot of the women that I work with or the humans that I work with um, are often, they'll they'll serve others before they serve themselves. And we have learned that, you know, mm-hmm. fill others' cup before mm-hmm. yours until we, we relearn um, again. But what I often like to say, and I remember back in 2015, my therapist said this to me, if you identify as someone who likes to be kind and do things for others where is it being unkind by not stepping into your full power where are you actually not serving others if you are you know if that really is your love language where are you then not serving others by not serving yourself Mm. and I feel like sometimes when we're given that we can see that it's actually Selfish isn't the right word, but um, our ego and fear is keeping us in a spot from from not doing the kind thing, which is sharing your gift. Mm. Mm -hmm. There was a 
there was a um, moment that I saw that actually in that month that I was kind of dipping my toe into like, what would it actually look like if I went all in on my gifts and my, and listened to another voice that wasn't my fear. Mm. And um, I noticed straight away as I was claiming things for myself that I had more capacity for Lenny and Lenny, my son was quite young at the time. I was like, oh, when I plug myself back in, when I fill my own cup, when I uh, feel worthy enough to be like, no, I get to claim all this stuff for myself first. I have more to give him. I have more to give my husband. I have, I hold space better for everyone. Mm. It was quite astounding. Yeah. Up until that point, I had been pushing, right? And I'd been feeling every day I would get home, literally would get off the train from this job, this corporate job, and just lay horizontal on the couch and have nothing to give. Like I was fully tank empty when I got home. Yeah. And apart from, you know, that regular income that I had every fortnight into my bank account, that there was nothing else that I was getting from that job. And actually it was taking from me. Whereas now when I have, when I work with my most aligned clients, I get given, I generate energy from that. Yes. Opposite. Yes. So much Jules. Mm. So much. I completely agree that people who start to be in your field when you have gone through the work or really started to change things. Mm. You, you, I never thought I could be fed things from people, but mm-hmm. say I can get off this podcast and be so lit up that I will create something new as opposed mm-hmm. to, fuck, I need a nap. Mm-hmm. No. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that you've mentioned that. Mm. Okay, so 2000, was this 2018 or 19? Mm, I'm going to say 18. Okay. Yeah. And so when you did your meditation teacher course, you started to get a taste of it. Mm. And and then what happened? What was the last straw? What was the final day of work? And what, what began when you started your own journey? So what shifted was I did, and shout out to this woman who is still my coach, honestly, Um, I did a once-off coaching session with my coach, Sammy. Your ride or die. Correct, my ride or die coach, Sammy, for me. We did a one, it it was towards the end of the year, I remember it was like one of those, you know, set yourself up for the next year kind of coaching sessions. And I remember doing this um, coaching session and I remember thinking, and talking through what could be and and it feeling really alive in my body and this was I think the first this is when I fell in love with coaching for myself not knowing at that moment that I would become a coach and I remember feeling like this vision that I was talking out this desire that for a different reality actually felt alive in my body and I was like wow if I could just speak that out and it becomes alive, now what happens from here? Like it feels real now. Mm. And then when I had my second coach, I remember her, uh, Tracy Spencer, shout out, another ride or die. Mm-hmm. Um, Trace was like, how about we just write your resignation letter, put the date on it. You don't have to put it in. You don't have to, you don't have to give it to your manager. I just want you to write it out and put a date. 
Cool. And I was like, sure, there's no risk in that. Absolutely no risk. I will do that. Sure. That feels like an easeful action. So I wrote the letter. And as soon as there's something that happens when you do this stuff, that the universe is like, oh, gotcha, got the memo. I'm sure Tracy didn't know that either. I'm sure that no, was she had no idea. No. She had no idea. That wasn't the cause of it. That wasn't, she wasn't thinking, yeah, when she writes his letter. Oh, hell break loose. <laughs> I wrote the letter. It had a date on it. And yeah, the chain of events after that was just what happens when you're in alignment, I guess, which is things start to move. And it's not just about the action of writing the letter it's the energetics that happen as a as a kind of domino effect from that and so it was already feeling real in my body that reality that had not come to be yet but then I started taking aligned easeful actions and it was like boom 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 Mm. yeah I think that it does it the Energy gets moving and that is the most important part because I don't know if you've felt this before, Jules, but when we when we try to get moving when the energy isn't there, it's so hard. It's like pushing shit uphill, really. <laughs> like the way that you make decisions is a bit flaky and a bit um, influenced by others and it's just a very different feel. But when you put yourself out there in the big moments or the small moments and actually feel it, it's just a game changer. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yep. Agree. So what was your, like, once you were out in the world, what did you begin to do? Did you start taking on clients? Did you start your own coaching program? I was doing meditation circles every week and some private clients for a while. And I remember being a coach wasn't in my field at all. I was just Mm -hmm. loving what I was doing. And I was also seeing as you know, I'm a deep thinker and feeler and I was noticing the same patterns. Women would come to my meditation circles and be like, oh, this is the first time I've been in a space like this or, oh, I feel really guilty being here. I've got three kids at home or, oh, that made me feel so amazing in my body. Like, tell me how to keep going with this kind of work. And I was like, I see patterns here. And, And the worthiness stuff for women kept coming to my attention and I was like "Mm, there's something here okay um and then I saw a an um call out for coaches that's my dog in the background (laughs) just plonking around plonking plonking himself on the floor (laughs) um I saw a call out for this um beautiful you coaching program and I just had the full body pull it was like a magnet and I was like I don't know why this is calling to me again my coach Sammy I got on the voice note to her and I was like this thing is pulling me and she was like oh yeah I see this this of course of course of course um and so after I did that I started actually taking coaching clients before I'd even graduated um and it just talk about energy being there I just it felt like such an of course when I finally got there because I spent my whole life having these conversations all I want to have is the deep conversations all I want to do is for you to tell me your vision all I want to do is to activate you to feel like of course that's possible all I want to do is work with people creating so yeah when I started studying I was like this is where I'm supposed to be and I still am 
yeah. and where again I had a conversation with Sammy about this recently even if it's not coaching quote unquote that I'm doing there will all I will always do this work that I'm doing right now 100 percent and as you were saying of course I just kept going to say oh of course because <laughs> for me you are the way you mentor is something else and I just get to enjoy that as a friend which I feel so <laughs> I genuinely think this quite a lot I feel so lucky to have you as a friend because the way that you support and listen and give advice that is like it can be so few words and I'll go home and go to bed and be like ah okay (laughs) you know and like the penny will drop and be like right I mean that we literally there's a moment last week which we haven't spoken about yet but um it'll stay (laughs) unmentioned for now but there was a moment I went home I was like what she mean by that? I was like, actually, that was a very profound thing to say and I had no idea. Um, so we've got to have a conversation about that. But it is very, um, it's very, of course, for me that you are supporting people in a very intimate way, not just in a way where you are, I shouldn't say just, but because obviously we need to support as managers and as, as team leaders, but it's a different sort, the way that you are really in people's lives down to, you know, the, the tragedy that they're going through and the heartbreak and the pure joy that they're going through. It's a very intimate place to be in and the way that you hold it just shows what you have been through since quitting your job. Mm. the way that you so we talk about holding space a lot but for anyone who just hears and they're like what the fuck is that it is uh being able to be present and witness someone else's experience without making it anything about you without giving advice and without steering them in the direction that you think it needs to go Mm. and the way that you do that is a really important part of supporting people Mm. and yeah, like I said before, I do think it is a product of what, of who you are, of course, and then what you have learned along the way. Mm. Mm. You know, there's so many instances that I was thinking of when you were speaking that out about you and me being friends and just, you know, having those conversations, the amount of times I've said to T, is that true? <laughs> and you'll be like, oh, <laughs> Okay, I just heard it. Yep, thank you for that. Yeah, is that true? Yeah. And it's such a beautiful one because we we often, right, Jules, we don't hear the stories that play out when we mm. say it. And mm. then not only that, but we can have friendships, which is okay too because they are just doing their best, but we often have friendships that reaffirm those stories. Mm. So when we have a friend that's like, is it true that you wouldn't, you know, find the... The sort of, like just an example, the sort of friendship that could support you through a, a breakup or is it true that your perfect client isn't out there or is it true that the world has given up and that there's, I mean, these aren't things that I've said. I never said the world has given up, just to be clear with everyone. Um, but the way that we can have things reaffirmed is like actually a really big thing in our life and to have someone go, oh, do you feel like that's actually true for you or is that something that your false self has created as a story? Mm. Mm. There was one 
moment and I'm not going to go right into the specifics but there was one moment that we had a couple of months ago that was so beautiful for me to witness and you were I know you won't mind me telling them no not at all um but you were in my mind and the way that I was watching you and holding space for you I was like you were being way too hard on yourself in this specific moment and and you were Mm -hmm. like said something like I believe that I can choose um to hold the positive here or to hold this whatever you were holding and and I was like I said something like it was like that it was like is it true or is that true that you get up every day and choose or is it true Mm. that you are a whole human who is allowed to be down the bottom of that spiral or forgetting Mm. in the forgetting and the remembering this is when we had this forgetting oh babe I remember it I will never forget it (laughs) I I was saying I feel quite ashamed and like this is how vulnerable we get whenever we're around each other like shame (laughs) is on the table and I feel like I mean I've said this on the podcast so many times if we can air out our shame and share our shame it is shared and if it is held it is then met with compassion and it's just like putting does water put a fire out sometimes but not if you throw it on 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 the fire so I was gonna say water on fire but I don't know it's like stamping out a fire with your foot Mm. with a really strong boot um and really calmly as well it just slowly this is a lovingly lovingly. (laughs) it is like slowly putting it out and handing it back to you in a way that's manageable Mm. and that's what you did for me so no one else had been able to hold me over the last maybe month and I truly mean that Mm. And that's why this moment's so prominent for me. I was, everything was great, but I felt really alone because I think it can be quite isolating when everything's good, quote, quote unquote, but, um, but something's not right. Mm. And, and yes, I was, you know, hustling to make sure I try not to hustle, but at that point had to hustle to get this um, therapy clinic set up and, um, you know, looking looking to buy a house and doing bit different bits and pieces, which from the outside looks really great. But I was also like, I don't really know who I am in this moment. Like I know the basics, but I can feel things changing and I don't feel present and I don't know how to answer how I am when people ask. And, mm. and it was a really weird, lonely space to be in. And you reminded me not only that that's okay, but I, I told you, like, I feel ashamed that life feels like it's passing me by at the moment and that I'm not present and in reverence for my life and Mm. that a lot of a lot of things come into that but a big part of that is knowing what we know we know how important important presence is Mm. and we also know important how important um like ceremony and Mm. and ritual and drinking up your life is and so when I was in this space of being like I just feel like, I mean, I was, I was, my short-term memory went out the window. I did not, and my, it's terrible at the worst, uh, best of times, isn't it? But <laughs> I remembered nothing from that month because I went on to, into survival mode. I slept when I could, ate when I could, but just did what I needed to, to get that, my business over the line. Yep. Um, and reverence doesn't come in at that moment. Mm-hmm. You go back to basics. And mm-hmm. what you said to me, and I think this is really important for everyone else to know is, you said, but can you live in reverence? And I was like, 
yeah, if I work less and sleep more and eat more and da 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 da, and you were like, but but can you? And I was like, no. And it was just so important to know that we, the beauty is in the remembering and the forgetting. So we can be in this forgetting and be in our survival mode, but to be able to have the moment to remember and come back to presence Mm -hmm. and remember the beauty in our life is, Mm. is what the gift is. And Mm -hmm. it was this huge click. And not only did you get me, but you got it. And I think, Mm. I hope that supports someone who is hearing this, that mm-hmm. it's that all of it is a part of the journey. Mm-hmm. So if you're in the forgetting and the, and the low, mm. it's all a part of the, the gift as well that, that coming out the other side gives you. Mm. Mm. The remembering is all the sweeter for the forgetting. Yes. And we're actually not here on this earth to be in the remembering the whole time. I remember what you said. You said, yes, I can choose to be in presence and reverence all the time. And I was like, really? Because if you're in the part of the cycle that's the forgetting, you're getting a visceral whole body experience of survival mode. But then how much sweeter when you cut, I feel teary about this, when you come back to remembering and come back to reverence, that is a different experience than if you were in reverence the whole time. Yes. And I remember someone saying this to me once, if you had learned all your lessons, I often am so hard on myself and get shamey about, you should know, quote unquote, how to support yourself here, Julia, you are a coach. Yes. If I had learned all my lessons on this earthly plane, I would just float up into the atmosphere and be gone. Like I am actually here for this. I am here for the remembering and the forgetting. And this is exactly what I was trying to say to you in that moment or inviting you into, you know, because you and I are not in the business of giving advice. I was inviting you into that, uh, that acknowledgement of you are here being human at this fucked up time on earth to Mm. be in that cycle of remembering and forgetting so don't shame yourself in the forgetting like it is actually part of it Mm. oh my god it's just so and I burst in I cried and I I had needed to cry for a long time Mm. but I don't let people see me cry Mm. Um, and to just like sit there and cry with you was really lovely and just it I mean it changed it ended the um, it ended the year really well for me and it changed things for me in that moment. So mm. I completely adore you for that moment. And I also adore that we can talk about this because I imagine that there's some people in a bit of a, a small dark at the moment listening to this. And mm. um, the gift is that it won't always be this bad mm. and it will be like the yummiest cup of Milo or (laughs) cocoa or however you have your yumminess in your life when you get to experience the high again Mm. Mm. and it feels good like that I've written a bit about this that I've never published anywhere but the the surviving thriving continuum Mm. we are always moving up and down that And often our tendency is to like be in survival, the survival end of the scale and like look at the people in the thriving end and be like, how come I'm not over there? Mm. 
those people are also on the continuum yes <laughs> and yes. will be down the survival end at some point because that is what it is to be human and so is this I, chapter two of our um wave because I feel like it maybe like the the wave then the deeper level is that it's this continuum of just knowing that they will be there too, that surviving and the thriving. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm. I, I wrote about this in my journal. I wrote about this when I went through my last miscarriage because I remember thinking of myself in thriving and feeling so far from that version of me mm. and thinking about what is it that is important for me in this moment after a miscarriage, literally being in and out of hospital for a month, what is important right now? And what was important for me in that moment was literally to be in my cave, to eat and sleep and have shelter. And that is it. And that is all I had capacity for. Forget holding space for others. I was just so insular. And that's what happens when we're surviving. Our gaze must be internal. There is no holding space for others. There is no expansion. It's a full contraction and distilling. And I remember when I was writing that, just being like, oh, this makes so much sense. Of course, I've got nothing else you know, because I'm supposed to be concentrating on these three basic human needs things. Yes. Um, that word distilling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that was another conversation I had with my coach at the time. Like, what is the opposite of expansion? Because I feel like I'm being stripped right now in grief, yes. Yes. which, as you know, I've been through in the past four and a half years with the fertility stuff like what is the opposite of expansion because I feel like I'm being stripped to like golem level human right now (laughs) golem level I described it so well fetal position yeah on the floor crying in the bathroom like what is happening right now because and I've been through that level of grief often in the past few years and and I've thought a lot about it because I'm a completely different human on the side of it on the other side of it and I remember the last magic dark that I went through I was I got to a point sometimes you're in the middle of the tunnel and you can't see the light at either end you can't see the light from where you've come from you can't see the light of where you're going and you're in the deep darkness that is the worst part of it you know the dark before the dawn but I remember as soon as I started to see the glimmer of light at the end of that particular tunnel, I was like, I'm excited to see who the woman is on the other side of this. Mm. And what happens there? It's mm. distillation. It's not expansion. It's stripping back all of the false layers that you've been holding because yeah. you can't, you can't hold it anymore. Yes. And so there's this distillation process, which is the process of like, stripping something back to its most essential elements Mm. like no amount of grief can take the julia out of julia like there's a there's a certain base level essence of me that cannot be stripped Mm. what's happening there i'm still obsessed with this question like it's not expansion what is it it is so potent and i think that that is a really beautiful way. I think that's our first lesson that we both learnt through 
navigating our own life because we are no longer held in a system that doesn't give us access to this information. Mm. So it's almost like the dark, the darks are even darker because mm. you're seeing it all. There's no nine to five and lunch breaks and everything that keep you um, in one mindset. You start to see it all. And I feel like that is, would you say, our first big learning to honour the distilling or distillation like that feels mm. sciencey to say but honoring that that stripping back um and maybe number two is no matter what find some way to practice compassion for yourself while you're going through that mm-hmm. mm. Mm. yeah it's a really I often say that having a business is like the biggest and best crash course in self de- self development ever. Uh-huh. Second only to having a child. That's a real situation <laughs> too. It's a real, it's a real crash course. That's a real situation. Situation, um, especially if you have birth trauma like I had, which is a different yeah. story. But having a business is the best crash course in exactly that. Like you cannot hide you cannot turn away from the things that you're supposed to be learning in this lifetime if you're committed to the path that we're both on. There is going to be discomfort in growth. That's what growth is. And so if you sign up for this life, (laughs) if you sign up to do your heart work, you're signing up for the discomfort of growth, which Mm -hmm. you and I have both had to meet many times. Yes. Oh, okay. Number three, what is something else that you can feel has been huge for you since doing your thing? There is uh, something I want to say about, because the hashtag laptop lifestyle has been flogged for many years now by entrepreneurs as being the ideal for people like us right Um, but there's many things underneath that that no one ever told me that I had to learn through again viscerally feeling crap being in the discomfort falling off the wagon like whatever metaphor you want to use things like the structure supports the flow yes you've quit your day job and you've quit the corporate and you've distangled yourself from the bureaucracy and blah, blah, blah. And that feels amazing. And the freedom is beautiful, Mm. but also flow is not the be all and end all. And being in the feminine or the yin of that is going to feel great, but also to be in that fully, it needs the structure and the masculine and the yang. So touch points, anchors, structure, systems, those are the things that will set your flow free, basically. Nobody nobody told me that. (laughs) And we see where it undoes people and then they feel ashamed because they're like, what, I'm meant to be this beautiful, flowy artist? And it's like, babe, but you're still human and you still are requiring some sort of support system to keep you going. Mm. Mm-hmm. The, the other thing underneath that is um, I, I use this in my coaching business, like the question, I'm such a question nerd. I'm such a word nerd. What if it's easy? Mm-hmm. And, the, and the question, that question I use a lot because uh, we often charge things up and make it harder in our brains. Right. Yes. But the, what if it's easy thing and the um, impression of effortlessness 
in business and we get this from watching people on social media and mm-hmm. not seeing the lows we're only seeing the highlight reel right mm-hmm. look at that person building a business with so much ease look at that person calling someone into their retreat their course their whatever with so much ease how come I can't do that mm-hmm. actually what I want people to know is the effort produces effortlessness yes yes it can be that effortless but you don't get there just from easy flow it's not like that is not reality yes this is important right this is very important and the way that you just said that effortlessness comes from the effort Mm -hmm. has been something that I've tried been trying to get bring from a concept to words Mm -hmm. for me I was thinking um let it be let it be easy when you're trying to make it hard but don't be afraid to work hard yep and we do it's this it's this difference isn't it it's the difference in not overcomplicating it because mm-hmm. you're shitting the bed and self sabotaging mm-hmm. but also not being afraid to to go after your dream mm-hmm. don't manifest from the couch or day babes <laughs> <laughs> truly it, I 100% agree and I'd love to give everybody listening to this permission to play with structure and systems and effort yeah. and the way that feels good for you. I froth setting my timer, turning my phone on airplane mode and smashing out a to-do list mm-hmm. and I have played with that enough to know the way that my body works, my spirit works, myself, yes. my brain works and how I can kind of hack it's built-in systems mm. to be in my masculine because I'm again I'm a Libra I'm a I'm a really body-based person and so sometimes a lot of the time actually I see the word structure and I'm like ew I'm like this free-flowing mm. radical I don't need systems and structure yeah. actually I do yes <laughs> so and what we see the beautiful end graphics the wonderfully captioned posts the stories where thing i mean i say this always the way your your gram is a just a, a separate part no a what's the word <laughs> a stream of your entity like the way that you show up on, online is very connected to who you are as a person mm-hmm. that takes a pros- that takes um, knowing yourself And it does take learning and effort to know how to be online in a way that feels good for you, be in your business, be with your clients in a way that feels good for you. It takes practice. Mm -hmm. And no wonder it feels so fucking hard when we start because Mm -hmm. we see it looking so easy, but it it takes effort. And um, some, I mean, I work with people and they're like, yeah, I didn't do I mean, and it's okay because it's all a part of their process, but I didn't do, you know, we always at the end of our session create, we had a, we have our, our deep dive and then a, a, like a next best step, next best steps. I always fuck that up every session. I've said that about 50 fucking times. I always fuck it up. Next best steps at the end. And if I have someone coming to me, the next session going, I didn't, do one thing a lot goes into that but sometimes it is the fact that we self-sabotage when things feel like change or things feel like effort Mm -hmm. when when really it's just inevitable Mm -hmm. yeah 
it's important to know that because it can stop you from um, feeling like an alien if things are tricky because, like, you and I probably get frustrated at our business every week. Uh-huh. Mm. 100%. I'm in it right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I often think about that because I've been that person of, like, seeing somebody's brilliant words on an Instagram post and and my internal voice being, like, you could never write like that, Julia. Like, look at that. This woman is brilliant. You could never do that. Yeah. And in my head, she like channeled it that morning and it came out like so easy just out of her brain and onto the page and, and, and with this beautiful photo. But did that person just like, did she just channel that that morning and it came so easily or did she like actually live that in a devastating way for four years, which has happened to me with yeah. the fertility stuff, you know? Yes, completely. And I think we we have been schooled in it too. For me, um, especially with being like in a new stage of business now, things are, are more structured and are more, um, mm. you know, I do have to be on top of things a bit more. Mm. It, it is a lot less of doing nothing where, you know, those creative sparks can hit when you really just like lay in the sun like a thumb. Yeah. Um, and I have noticed how much goes into inspiration and it's quite often fleshing out something that has hurt me deeply mm. and um, mm-hmm. a, a lot goes into it. So I think from, from experience, we've been able to see, okay, there's a lot that goes into someone experiencing joy in their business. So like, let's let them have it. Soak it up, babe. Yes. Oh, it's so true. And also, yeah, totally. And and when you see someone and they, in your mind, they're just so brilliant and, and like, you're just like, I want to be like this person. It's yes. like, there is there are deep hard lessons that you have learned that that need to be spoken about and that only you can talk about you know yes I have a question for you Mm. can you tell me some of your musings on being a woman in business and being a mum in business and a wife in business um because it can't be denied that it's different for women Mm. or non-binary people Mm. as opposed to straight white men Mm -hmm. you know you said this before but I would like to acknowledge before I say this next bit how extremely and undeniably privileged I am as a white cis um, able-bodied you know middle-class person in this lifetime it is I want to acknowledge that like truly I live in the top three percent of the population you know it is I'm wildly privileged and a lot of my clients are too um but as women whether like you know you actually have a womb or it's energetic Mm. we still live systematically oppressed Mm. we still I still do not live in the world that my husband Jed lives in as he's a straight white middle-class male Mm -hmm. and I have felt that and have felt the struggle of that as I've built my business and I've watched us he's building a business at the same time so I have watched the difference Mm -hmm. we are still living in patriarchal society unfortunately I wish that that wasn't true Mm -hmm. but as a mum 
and a business owner as and as a person that doesn't necessarily identify with being the domestic goddess that society (laughs) wishes that I would be I have had a struggle even in a relationship with a very open human beside me even in a relationship with someone that believes in me more than I believe in myself Mm. I still have the battles of hey can you see how this whole system sets you up to earn more than me? Can you see how this whole system sets you up to have less parental responsibility? Can you see how this whole system holds you as a white heterosexual cis male as like wildly um, the world is built for him? And that's not to say that he doesn't go through the struggles that he goes through. And I've watched this as we've gone through miscarriage and grief of that and him not having spaces. But on the whole, Mm. I've had to butt up against that my whole, you know, second life of business. Mm. And I know I've heard you discuss this and it is, it's no reflection and you've already said this, but this is, this is within a relationship where I, I aspire to have the love and trust and loyalty and compassion that you have with Jed and that Jed has with you. Mm-hmm. Um, so just knowing that it exists in the most wonderful, wonderful relationships mm-hmm. because it's so, it's such an old system. Mm-hmm. And like, we're not just breaking down little things. I was, um, talking with someone the other day about um, who who is on the title of land or who is on the the name on the businesses. And even as a woman, if it's, you know, this belongs to John Rose and Susan Rose, um, just as an example, I don't know a John Rose or a Susan Rose, just for anyone out there, I'm not throwing them under the bus. Um, (laughs) The, the amount of times where they'll be like, oh, yeah, John's business. Mm-hmm. No. Mm-hmm. But I was saying to them, so they're in their, um, their 60s, this is such an old system that they're up against it. They're mm. really up against it trying to advocate and say, that's my business too. Mm-hmm. Why do we keep saying that's John's business? That's my business too. It's a really old system. And we are learning to thrive within this system. But like you said, it's in the smallest ways that, okay, so, and even like with Jed being the wonderful human that he is, and, you know, all of these wonderful men that we know, where is there, even within ourselves as cis women, an expectation that we do cook for the kid? That we, you know, that we do clean up at home if they've mm-hmm. been at work outside of the house for the mm-hmm. day. There is that underlying expectation still there. Mm-hmm. Where is it assumed that we need it alone from our parents to start our business rather mm-hmm. than putting in the elbow grease to get it going ourselves? Where mm-hmm. is it assumed that um, our, our, if we um, do have someone who identifies as male as a partner, where do they pay the rent or where do they, you know, there, there are still those sneaky things. So I think it's really important to, to acknowledge and also celebrate when as a woman you are thriving and mm-hmm. you are doing really wonderful mm. things within your business and also know that it is very natural if you have been 
brought up to be pinned against other women and to be triggered by other women doing really well in business because that's where they, that's where the system thrives. Mm-hmm. Mm. Because don't we all just, aren't we all just going to keep getting stuck in our boxes mm. if what the patriarchy wants, which is us tearing each other down, keeps happening? Yes. Yeah. I would love, I often have, have said this, as it stands at the moment, the way society is, for example, my husband thinks nothing of invoicing someone for ten, twenty thousand, thirty thousand dollars. He mm. thinks nothing of that. He mm. feels worthy of that. Yeah. For me, <laughs> as someone who carries generations of the money is not your thing, your place is in the kitchen. Yeah. That has taken me a long time to expand my worthiness, to expand my capacity to hold abundance, to expand my financial know-how, to be able to hold that amount of money. Whereas, yes. For Jed, no problem. $30,000, please. Yeah. That's what that job is worth. <laughs> so there's a really clear lesson there. Number one is celebrate yourself if you are doing well because you've probably been up against it mm-hmm. over time. And what was the second one, Jules? My memory. It'll come. It will come. Celebrate yourself and charge your worth. Yes. Charge your worth. I don't know how many times I've been tempted to drop my prices or in the past where I have dropped my prices. And when I do that, I'm like, this feels like shit. And I didn't, I didn't quit my job to feel like shit. Yep. It's really, um, it can be really confronting. Yep. Mm. I often say to my clients and they always want, when, when you're starting out, you always want a yardstick. You always want to look around to other coaches or, or whatever um, industry you're in and, and see what everyone else is charging. But my rule of thumb is always charge the amount you would be 100% stoked to receive. Yes. That's the amount that feels good but stretchy in your body. It's the amount that feels very supportive to your nervous system, to your bank account, to your business, to your energy. That's when the person in front of you is going to get the most from you. And often we don't. Often our worthiness is like, nah, you're not worth that much. Put it down. Mm. So then are you 100% stoked to show up or do you feel a bit resentful? Or do you feel a bit, you know? Mm, I do. 100%. I feel like I'm schooled in it every week. (laughs) It's so hard to be out here doing this life thing. (laughs) It's not so hard, but sometimes it is hard. Okay, now where to for what feels really big for you now with where you're going with your life, with your business, what you want to do, what feels really big? Because there's always this next, like you said, if we had learned all of our lessons, mm-hmm. we wouldn't, we'd just float off into the abyss. But mm-hmm. we, you know, you and I have many, many more mountains to climb. Mm-hmm. What, what can you feel is shifting and changing? feels more important than ever for me to be to freak the formulas to be radically myself to figure out in the noise of my brain what is actually true desire what is conditioning because even though I've been doing this work for five six years really a lifetime what like what does this next level of my life, my vision require of me? Yes. Because once again, I've been through four years of trying to have a second child 
I am not willing to for to give up my body, my mental health, anything else for that anymore. Mm-hmm. And so maybe how about I keep questioning what I'm here for and what this next cycle will be for me. Maybe I only have one child in this lifetime. Awesome. Let's like be here with that. Like Mm. how amazing can my relationship with this one child be? Like what if it's going to be the most, it, it is going to be the biggest thing in my lifetime, this relationship, right? So get excited about that. Yeah this discomfort I'm going through right now, trying to fill spots for my NT trip in my business. Mm. Like I have been so blessed up until now to feel things with ease. Maybe I'm getting a schooling in this. So get excited. Yeah. Maybe I'm learning things (laughs) in this discomfort that is supposed to like elevate me into the stratosphere for the next cycle. Mm. So it feels really important for me to be embodying all the things we just said about breaking the paradigms of what has come before and it's it's things like continuing to have that conversation with Jed how can we be 50 50 parenting right now and not me defaulting Mm -hmm. to making the dinners thinking about the food dropping my child off at daycare Mm -hmm. what does as my friend dusk would say co-parenting in a married relationship look like yes (laughs) you know right 50 50 co-parenting I'm not breastfeeding I'm not interested in cooking I'm not good at it truly I've tried to hack my brain (laughs) on this it's it's a fact that I'm not (laughs) it's a fact that I'm not into it you know, I've tried, I know how to reframe shit. It's my job. I've tried to do it. I'm not Susie Homemaker. And like for some women, that's a real calling and that they have and that's where they are going to be in this lifetime. That's not true for me. So now what does it look like? Yes. And sometimes, T, it pisses me off that I have to do this leg work and this undoing and I have to coach my husband through the undoing of his conditioning. Mm. But that's part of my job. Yes, it's a very real part. So again, can I get excited about that? Yes. If I am the example of you don't have to bang out three kids because you feel that's what is expected of you. If that's what you want, power to you. But don't, like I have friends who have chosen not to have children. The amount of effort and energy they spend answering the question, are you having kids? Why aren't you having kids? Like, tell us more about this. Mm. If you collate all that energy they've spent answering those questions from people, what could they have done in their life, you know? Yes. I, yeah. want, I want it to be standard that we're not asking women these questions, that we're not, like, questioning transgender humans on, on their choices or genders or I want... I want us to be celebrating everyone as they are, as they are, as they are, as they are, and not questioning because we've been conditioned this way. You are a mentor for the new system. You are, babe. You are, and it's a big, it's a big part of being in your world that um, we, there's a lot of people that we like to think are woke who are, who purely base their course material of what, some white dude said a hundred years ago. Mm. 
it's a very real thing. So to have someone in the field who is committed to be uncomfortable mm. constantly and to support people no matter what mm. is a very radical thing, as you said. And I see that in you, the ways that you are, the places that you are going are very new and very radical. And I I love that that is a part of, I don't want to say your brand. I just want to say like the life of your business. I love that that is part of, mm. of that. Mm. Mm. And rest is a big part of that. So when you are a radical and, and you are committed to the growth, we're going to need more rest than the rest of them. <laughs> and that sounds a bit exclusionary, but truly for the people who are showing up and showing up and showing up, your nervous system is going to take longer to rewrite it, like your brain pathways to restructure things in your body to, to clear what was there before. And in generations before we are going to rest is so important we are going to need more rest mm, mm. I'm saying this because I need the reminder <laughs> we need more rest right Jules we need more rest <laughs> you if you are a radical you will need rest they go together they're linked like a double helix like yeah I just want people to remember that there's a um beautiful woman that I follow on Instagram that I hope will be a friend of mine one day her name is Kelly Deals and she talks about feminist marketing and her the tagline for her business is we are the culture makers mm. like if you are a culture maker if you are breaking all these paradigms that came before you you have a nap right. <laughs> not as procrastination but as like actually your system probably needs it when you are up against it and then after that, we can go ahead and break some shit down. Mm. That is the takeaway, the biggest takeaway that I'm taking from this because I needed that reminder. Um, and it's also just a really beautiful way to wrap up our conversation, which I don't know. I didn't know that it was going to go to such depths of how we as humans are intertwined in this new life that we've created for ourselves since quitting our day job. Mm. This is more than a conversation about work. It's about how you want to show up mm. as the world changes mm. and how you want to honour yourself as a human regardless of what you do. And I just want to, I want to thank you for the way that it feels our connection and who, how you show up just feels very real. And I'm very grateful for that in a world of what can seem like, what can be um, purely um, Instagram level. Mm -hmm. I love that I get to have something real with you. And I love that those who are in your field get to have that realness from you. So thank you. Mm. You're so welcome. I feel so grateful and lucky to have met you and to have this, like, you know, these journeys that run alongside each other because I think it's it's important to me that we accept that we are human in a world that tells you to be a machine. Yes. 
it is so important to me that we are so compassionate with ourselves and accepting and forgiving of ourselves in this crazy, beautiful world because, mm. yeah, I think I think it's important that that cycle of remembering and forgetting and not shaming ourselves in that. You literally... And I've, I had this, this is another landmark conversation I had with my coach when I was first encountering my son having tantrums. Mm-hmm. And in those moments, he would be on the floor losing it, like so in it. And you couldn't talk to him because he was just so, his mind was offline. He was going through a process. And I remember it made me become such a better coach because in those moments I was holding space for him to let it out and, and to be sitting on the floor with him going, let it out. It is okay to feel this way. Let it out, let it out, keep going, keep going. And I was also holding space for myself and that little part of me that was getting triggered by his tantrum. And I think that's what we are doing in this moment in time on earth. We are all getting triggered having guilt, feeling awful by what's happening out there. But what I would love to leave you with is like, I have this thing that I say to Lenny and he often says, go away or leave me alone when he's in these moments. Mm -hmm. And there's this thing that I say to him that I say to myself often now, which is like, no matter how bad you feel, no matter what you do, no matter no matter what, I will not leave you. Mm-hmm. I am here for you. And no matter how bad this gets, I'm here. And I want everyone to be that person for themselves. Because that's, that's how it happens. You know, that's how this radical stuff happens. No matter how bad it gets in your brain, no matter what you've done, no matter, no matter how much you're in the dark, we can be holding space for ourselves in that. You get me, you get me every time. You got the tears again. That's really, really beautiful and a very lovely gift to receive Mm. because to be at the depths and to still have your own back. Mm. Thank you so much, my love, for being here and thank you, everyone, for listening in. Um, I want to finish the this part of our conversation and give Jules the time to talk about her beautiful beautiful heartfelt trip coming up in a few is it a few months so we are by the time this goes to air we will be five weeks out of the trip yes so can you tell us a little bit about this because it has been in the making for a long time and there's a few Mm. spaces left Mm. if you want to be in contact with Julia Mm. so we have and I'm hoping that this can be a trip that happens every year but you never know and as you know team lots of what happens in my business is kind of you know blink and you'll miss it maybe it'll happen again maybe it won't kind of style we have a literally life-changing system-changing brain-changing heart-changing trip coming up to NT with literally two of the most beautiful humans in my life who are both the divine masculine personified. If you need masculine healing, like if you need to heal that masculine side of you, and to be honest, I 
say that most of us women do because we've been so wounded by the masculine you know generationally mm-hmm. um we have a trip that goes from Alice Springs to Uluru if you've never been to the red center of Australia it is something else and it's very hard for me to explain what the felt experience of the trip is because you can't explain that visceral thing that happens for every person that sets their feet their bare feet on the red earth up there but we it is eight nights two nights at each camp we camp in swags we camp in dome tents with um it's basically just a fly net so you can fall asleep watching the stars we camp we walk we visit sacred sites we laugh a lot greg who co-leads the trip has been doing um has been doing these trips with the boys from overland for 20 years they know the best camp spots you cannot get this kind of tour anywhere else they've literally been scoping out the best spots in the red center for 20 years this is like so many decades in the making there is the most heavenly places that we go to but also the most heavenly humans to guide you so it's me and greg and maddie who is literally i think carved out of red earth that boy (laughs) um and yeah i went on this trip last may and it was it changed my life it changed my whole world it changed the way that i came back into my life the connection i felt to the land to myself to i came home from that trip and felt truly in love with myself and accepting of myself in a way that I never had before because of the way you see yourself through the eyes of the people who hold space for you. And, of course, we go through three beautiful interconnecting um, Indigenous countries, Aranda country, Luritja country and Pitt country near Uluru. If you've never seen Uluru before, it's like meeting someone famous that will, like, crack your heart open. I saw Uluru for the first time on this trip from the front seat of the bus with these two boys next to me and I just burst into tears I feel like bursting into tears now it was um there's a reason that Uluru is the center of this country it is like nothing else I've ever felt any any in any other state in any other place um it's very very special and in that way the people that I'm calling into the last spots on this trip are special as well. I can feel that. They're women who are strong enough and willed enough and um, connected to themselves enough to be like five weeks to go, cool, I'm going to move all my shit and make this happen. Yeah. That's the kind of women I'm calling in, the kind of women that will stand next to me washing our camp plates that will make cups of tea on the fire that will walk with reverence on the land that will acknowledge their greatness as they lay on rock and cry with gratitude like this is the kind of woman that I'm calling into this trip um it's a special trip and they're there aren't they those women I mean even when you were saying that I was like I can I can picture those women yeah how how could these women find out more how do we find more about um the trip and more about julia so i would love i mean you can go to the um web page that's in my bio on my instagram but what i would love is for you to voice dm me and be like 
Julia, I'm in. There's these million reasons why I shouldn't come, but actually my it's a full body yes from me. Yes. Um, do not abandon yourself to the fear <laughs> if you're feeling called to this trip because it will all make sense when you are on the bus. Mm. Yeah. You guys, I cannot stress enough that if there is even like a twinkle of something in you that knows you need more, knows that you need jewels in your life, knows that you need this trip or the land in your life, whether you are at the end of a chapter or beginning a new one, I cannot stress enough that Jules is the sort of human that you want to be on this trip with. I just want to thank you for being here, Jules. Um, and as she said, she is um, online under her name, Julia Hogarth. If you want to find her on the gram and send her any messages, find out anything more, she's there. Mm. Thank you for being here, my love. And thank you guys for listening in. Mm. So grateful. Bye, honey. Thank you.